Hey guys, what's up? Yes, we're actually doing a live stream here. Hopefully there's no um, uh, no uh, issue like last time. I don't know what happened last time. Uh, basically what's been going on, I haven't noticed it as much, uh, especially when I utilize Microsoft Edge, but I do notice that when I do utilize it and I try to go to another um, site, that it goes off anytime it tries to load an image or something like that. So I'm going to try just using Google Chrome here for the live stream and, and see what happens. And, uh, yeah. But, uh, and uh, yeah, so we're going to try to see what happens. Again, I do apologize if there's any abrupt interruption because, again, I don't know if it's just, you know, when you look to go to another page and it loads up images or, or it's just, you know, someone going onto the Internet from their area and it's interfering. I don't know. But anyway, let's uh, talk about uh, the title of this, where I want to basically, you know, as quickly as I can, because I'm doing this around uh, five, uh, 5 o'clock. Is it 5 o'clock already? Uh, actually, 5.08 um, yeah, p.m. Pacific time. I would have done a live stream earlier, except I was resting and my body just, you know, I just didn't want to get up, you know, and stuff like that. So... <laughs> Um, I just wanted to rest a little bit. Uh, but yeah, uh, basically, I wanted to come on here and. Oops, it's a wrong thing. Hold on, guys. I don't know why it's saying that. <laughs> Go to Twitter. I want to get to Twitter here so I can launch it. <laughs> Um, again, I do apologize if there's any like um, interference or something like that. Hopefully, it's not too much with the Google one with Google Chrome. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah, I wanted to come on here and uh, you know just just talk about you know missed um, opportunities, uh, if you will. And hello, Jacob Lee. Nice to see you on there. I don't know. My nephew's name is that, so I don't know if it's the same, but we'll see. But like I said, hopefully Google Chrome doesn't cause any issues or anything. I mean, I understand Google Chrome is a lot better than Microsoft Edge, even though Edge is trying to, you know, become like Chrome, if you will. So, and mostly it's like a lot of the, you know, like, Devices nowadays are going with Chrome mostly because I think of the reliability of something. Uh, but yeah, anyway, hopefully there's no um, issues or anything. But like I said, I wanted to come on here and I wanted to talk about uh, missed opportunities, if you will, uh, in comic books and in animated series. And when I talk about missed opportunities, uh, there are several moments. You know, let, let's be honest, folks. You know, there are there are several moments. You know, in an animated series or in a comic book event or whatever the case may be, to where and uh, just waiting, uh, just uh, delayed. I don't know what's going on. There we go. Oh, it's instantly loading. That's why people like it, because it's instantly, 
Like, oh, here you go. Boom. <laughs> you know? uh, but yeah, I wanted to just come on here and, you know, talk about um, you know, I just wanted to come on here and talk about the missed opportunities, like I said, in animated series and comic books that you know, that, you know, to me, the creators should have seized upon, you know, it's like, you think with, you know, an open, you know, you you would think, honestly, as I check something here real quickly, firstly, since I check something here real quickly, Okay. I just wanted to make sure it's also viewable on television on my 4K. But anyway, you know, you would think that with a lot of the uh, events in some of the franchises that I'm a fan of that have happened, you think they would, you know, take an opportunity to capitalize on a situation on the popularity in, uh, of the franchise of the characters, but they never do. They never, uh, you know, capitalize on it. And it's kind of a shame. It really is. It's kind of a, a shame that they don't do that because, you know, again, you know, you you look at the likes of, you know, let's say, um, you know, you, you look at the likes of something like, you know, the Cadillac Cats. The Cadillac Cats, which was part of uh, the second animated, I think second or third animated incarnation of Heathcliff back in the early to mid 80s, early to mid to late 80s, basically the middle part of the 80s. You would think that with their popularity they got back then and even now, even now, you know, the cult following they got, you would think that the people behind the Cadillac Cats would take advantage of that, Uh, but they don't. You know, they, they don't take advantage uh, of that popularity, which is kind of a surprise. You know, I'm, you know, like I said, I'm kind of like equally surprised by the fact that they don't take advantage of it. You know, it's one of those situations to where you would think, okay, they're just as popular as Heathcliff, but yet they don't get anything. You I mean, they do a lot. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Growing up in the 80s, Heathcliff and the Cadillac Cats was one of my favorite shows. You know, hands down, hands down. There was not an afternoon or morning that they were on that I didn't watch them. And that's the truth. There was not one morning or one opportunity. Okay. You know, there was not, you know, one uh, instance where, you know, I didn't, I didn't watch them because I did. And I, and, and I had, and I, well, I had proof at one point. I had proof at one point. Uh, basically, you know, uh, basically, like I said, uh, well, I was trying to say, I was just checking something there. Uh, but I had proof at one point. Um, I had a VHS that I recorded a variety of stuff on back in the day. And I had recorded some Heathcliff episodes you know, just in between once in a while. And I used to watch the Heathcliff movie when it would be on television, and we rented it, too. And I rented it, too, I should say, as a kid. And I think I recorded it one time, too. But I liked it. 
I liked Heathcliff and the Cadillac Cat. I really enjoyed it. But what I've noticed throughout the years, what I've noticed, you know, back then and even now, is everybody enjoyed the Cadillac Cats more than they did Heathcliff. They enjoyed the Cadillac Cat segments more than Heathcliff. Now, here's the thing. Heathcliff was based on a comic strip. The Cadillac Cats were an original idea. They were an original idea uh, that people came up with. You know, they were an original idea, you know, that some people um, had come up with. They try to do something here, guys. Like I said, they were an original idea. You know that you know some people um, had come up with, and you know that's the truth. You know they were an original idea. You know that somebody had come up with, and to me. You know, because they were just like, they were like Dingbat in a way. They were kind of in that same category as as Dingbat, if you will. They were in that category of, you know, something original paired with something that had already been established. And to me, you know, to me, basically... Uh, like I said, to me, you know, the Cadillac Cats just proved to be the more the more popular segment out of that duo. Now, when Heathcliff got paired with Dingbat, obviously Heathcliff was more popular because this was that was his first um, animated series based on his comic strip that started in the early seventies, early to mid seventies. So he he obviously was going to be very popular, but when they repeated that similar process with the Cadillac cats, it's like, you know, the Heathcliff segments were good. They were interesting. They, they were unique. You know, they, they, you know, did things with the characters that some of the, the uh, first, the first two um, animated incarnations never did, uh, but they hinted at, and, you know, you know, the Heathcliff segments for this one, you know, took it to that next level. They actually did it. Uh, Like I said, in one of my, in my recent animated girls profile confidential, uh, basically, Sonia um, ended up fighting. Now, they had shown her fight. I didn't mention this before. but Well, I did mention it, but I kind of alluded to maybe they did or didn't show her fighting in the comics. But in the series, in the Heathcliff Cadillac Cat series, they did show Sonia fighting. Uh, in fact, one episode, which was called Terrible Tammy, I think that was the episode's name, mainly, in my opinion, and I stick by this, was a Sonia episode. It was a Sonia episode. You know, flat out. It wasn't just Heathcliff. It was mainly Sonia or Sonia. It was mainly a Sonia episode. So, you know, they they did, you know, take what was depicted, you know, in the comic strips and in the little uh, uh, trade paperback collector uh, collector editions of those strips. And they ran with it. They gave, you know, they gave her uh, an opportunity to shine and you know, you know, actually visually animation wise, you know, fight, you know, actually put up a good fight uh, and stuff. 
So there was that. But the Cadillac Cats, in my opinion, excuse me, the Cadillac Cats, in my opinion, you know, were like one of those, you know, show, one of those animated segments of shows that, like I said, if you look back on it, and even, you know, if you looked at it then and even back on it now, was the more intriguing segment. It was more interesting. It was more, it was more, uh, you know, adventurous in a sense, because here you had this group of cats. You know, three of them would cross over with Heathcliff. Of course, that being, you know, Hector, Wordsworth, and Mungo. But mainly, they were associated with the Riff Raff uh, and Cadillac Cats Cleo segment, if you will. So anytime you had these five together, you know, so most, you know, sometimes, if not most times, they would have adventures in the, in the home, uh, a re- in the home area of the junkyard, right? Or in uh, the music store where, you know, Riff Raff Love Interest Cleo's at. But most of the other time, besides that, I, I would say, I would say maybe 60% of the time or 65% of the time, they would be out and about. They would be outside of that junkyard. They'd be outside of the city having adventures. You know, that's what they'd be doing. I think they went to, like, there's one episode where Cleo gets kidnapped and turned into a, you know, a girl out of the, uh, a harem girl, a harem girl for this, you know, guy. And they have to go to Egypt, I think. Oh, there's a, episode where they go to the jungle and you know Cleo <laughs> ends up outshining riffraff when it comes to you know survival tactics or you know innovations of how to you know take care of themselves in these situations you know you had them go to the big city outside of where they lived you know you had you had them go into a prehistoric time a prehistoric world that was you know frozen in time basically Nothing had changed. You had him going to space. You had him going to the future. You had all these kind of things happening. And, you know, to me, that's what made the Cadillac Cats segments and the characters, you know, more intriguing and interesting in the fans' eyes. And to me, it seems that, you know, Levy and Saban, I think they were the ones behind them, you know, didn't capitalize on that success. I mean, yeah, they probably were contractually obligated uh, at Dick Entertainment and all there to to do a Heathcliff movie, and the best they could do was taking a page out of the Looney Tunes movies at that time, which was original animation, you know, utilized to tell, you know, stories using, you know, footage from the series or segments from the series. You know, so, you know, so I can understand that probably that was the best they could do on short notice or something like that. But to me, to me, especially nowadays, if you really want to get people behind Heathcliff and you really want to get, you know, get people behind the characters associated with him, I think doing a Cadillac Cats series or Cadillac Cats movie would would be great. And to me, and to me, that is a missed opportunity that they could have capitalized on back then, too. You know, instead of instead of just releasing Heathcliff the movie, which is a compilation of episodes, you know, being shown on the big screen, you know, along with original animation to accompany it to help tell those stories. 
I think honestly, you could have done something similar with the Cadillac Cats, or you could have done an original story. I mean, one of the VHSs um, I left behind in Kansas, um, I actually, and I think I put it on DVD on one of the DVDs here. I actually, you know, tried to copy, you know, a, a little bit of what was going of what they had done with Heathcliff. I what I did is I used a, I used. Well, I didn't use a, a software or anything, but what I did is I took the intro, if you will. I, I think I uh, threw a VHS or something like that. I spliced up the intro is what I did uh, for a movie to make it into some kind of movie. And I took like, like four of the best or several of the best episodes, which had all the characters, not just Riff Raff and the, cattle, and, uh, the, the trio of cats, the alley cats, but also... Cleo. So I, I took all that. I took the episodes that I consider would probably be the ones they would choose and I put them together and made it into a movie similar to what they did with Heathcliff. So to me, like I said, I, I think honestly they missed out on a huge, and I mean huge, if not massive opportunity to do something similar with the Cadillac Cats back then um, uh, as well. But, you know, but Again, the main focus, obviously, contractually, was doing a Heathcliff one. But I still look at it, the fact that that was a missed opportunity because, again, you could have done something similar maybe the same year or a year later, you know, with the show going into its final season or final, yeah, final season or something like that. Or what you could have done is you could have actually taken the opportunity to craft an original story, take some of the ideas uh, that you did uh, with, uh, basically the, you know, the, the cat, you know, with the Cadillac cats from, you know, a segment standpoint, like when them going to the prehistoric times, going into space and all that, you could have crafted an original story out of that. You could have, and it would have worked. You know, it would have worked. I mean, think about it this way. Think about it this way. In 87, Alvin and the Chipmunks, which became a which be, who became huge along with Brittany and the Chibets, you know they became huge in the 1980s with the Alvin and the Chipmunk show. And what did they do for a movie? Did they say, "Oh, let's just have Alvin and Brittany and and the Chibets tell and the Chipmunks tell stories to kids and use archive and use uh, you know animated segments from certain episodes to tell that story in the format in a movie format to put on the big screen did they do that no instead they went out and crafted an original story they went out and crafted an original story and people liked it people enjoyed it and and i don't think anybody could you know deny that you know people you know enjoyed it you know they went and crafted an original story that people enjoyed. And to me, and to me, that right there, and this is a, and this is in 87. They've worked, they started working on this series around 80, uh, on this movie around 85, 86. Released, and they released it in 87, and it was an original film. And, and you can't tell me that the people behind Heathcliff and the Cadillac Cats couldn't do that for either Heathcliff or the Cadillac Cats, especially them. Because to me, if any if any characters in that show, you know, had the ability to carry 
a full-length original story on the big screen, you know, without having to rely on, you know, episodic segments, you know, from the series to tell a movie, a movie in movie form, a tell a story in movie format. If there's any characters that could have carried an original story, it's them. It's them, and they know it. They know it, and you know, I don't think. You know, I don't think, you know, anybody would deny that. I mean, just think of what you could have put them through. I mean, honestly, you know, what you could have told a story with. You know, that that's just my 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 uh, my opinion. You know, they, they had an opportunity uh, to capitalize on something and they didn't. They had a chance to capitalize on something and they didn't. Now. Other opportunities that I felt they didn't that could have been capitalized on, but they didn't. Uh, My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. Now, of course, you know I've come out here and I've said that you know, you know, with uh, the show they had many opportunities, and I'm not alone. They had many opportunities to at least acknowledge, you know, a romantic ship becoming official instead of implying. You know, if it's parity, spike and rarity, pretty much it's you know, officially, uh, you know, officially acknowledged, you know, although it's about a, what is it, a year or so later, you know, a year and a half or so later, you know, at least it's been acknowledged uh, finally through this complimentation video that they did of Rarity and Spike's love story. And I know, and I know some people are going to come out and say, well, didn't you see the ending? You know, that's, that's something else, okay? We don't have... We, you know, that's something else, all right? That's just part of the love story, if you will. But anyway, excuse me. Anyway, when I look at My Little Pony Friendship is Magic, I look at not just, you know, the missed opportunity uh, from a romantic standpoint for, you know, Spike and Rarity and other character ships to probably be teased, made official, or whatever. But I also look at the fact that, you know... And this is where fans come into play and why fans are an important part, if not a true integral part of this fan, of this show, this franchise. You know, because it's them that come up with the ideas or capitalize on ideas that they know the show could have capitalized on what, you know, on as well. And that, of course, is merging or fusion. And to me, you introduce all these different power-ups for Twilight and the re- all the rest of the main group and all that. You introduce all these power-ups, and yet the one power-up that I think you could have really capitalized on, especially with powerful threats, was a fusion. I mean, think about it. You had them gain rainbow powers. Yes, it was a nod to G1 because that's how the original T-Rex was defeated. They had to bring that back or reimagine that for, you know, the, for them to defeat the new T-Rex. But the point is, you had an opportunity there to really go with it. Like, okay, they're powerful enough. They're using their power, but it's not enough. They need to take it to another step. Boom. Fuse together, become one big freaking rainbow-fied alicorn. And there you go. End of story. You had an opportunity at that. You had that opportunity, but you didn't capitalize on it. What else? How about... Uh, the um, the season seven finale. Yeah, you brought in you know 
Uh, you brought in basically. What, what's the name of the group again? The Pillars. You brought in the Pillars, if you will, the original Guardians of uh, Equestria. You brought them in. You basically connected through that finale the fact that Equestria Girls and Friendship is Magic is both the same continuity, same canon, if you will. But yet, you had another opportunity at a fusion deal when they were facing the Pony of Shadows. You could have had them after they got Stygian out you could have still had the Pony of Shadows be too powerful, and then you could have had the girls fuse together into that Alicorn Rainbow Fight being again, or element, uh, Elemental uh, being, Alicorn being again, and there you go. They could have ended it right there. But you didn't do that either. You didn't do that. You could have even had them do a fusion to try or attempt a fusion in trying to escape from Tartarus, and just, looks, and just when it looks like they're about to accomplish it, you know, and hold the fusion form, it falls apart. Again, you had the opportunity and you didn't capitalize on it. And I and I know, and I, I know some people are gonna say, well, that's not what the show was gonna be about. Or well, they did well, that's not what the not the show, but that's not what you know gaining the powers they were getting was was, was about. And there was no hint or indication that would have happened. And that is true. I'm not denying that, but to me, these are opportunities they could have capitalized on. These are opportunities they could have, you know, integrated into the story, you know, to make, you know, make it more intriguing. And by coming this Rainbow Fight Alicorn, you know, fusion-wise, you could have had them interact with Celestia and Luna and Cadence, and maybe, you know, this unified Alicorn gets, a, gets their own personality, acknowledging who they're comprised of, but also the fact that there may be an ancient power that was thought to be long lost. Who knows? You know, to me, it's just, I look at the fact that they had a missed opportunity there. They did. They had a missed opportunity. So, So yeah, they 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 had a missed opportunity, and uh, so, you know uh, my uh, the Jacob Lee guy here is telling me um, that he wrote a screenplay based loosely on the TV show Bonkers. Yeah, I do remember that show, and I might bring that up in missed opportunity in this uh, video as well, this live stream. Oops, hit the wrong thing there. Sorry, I'm so used to going to my, back to Microsoft Edge. Uh, but yeah, you know it's like, you know, to me. You know they had a they had opportunities to do that and they never capitalized on it. They never did. You know other things they never had a chance to capitalize on. In my opinion, is bringing Sunset in. Yes, you had Twilight go over to Equestria to the human world of Equestria during the first two movies, and at the end of the third movie, you had Sunset coming back over doing. You know, doing the Equestria specials and all that as well. And that's fine. But never once did you have her show up in the series on her own. In Friendship is Magic. Yeah, you had that little uh, appearance at the end, you know, of the uh, Magical Friendship Grows uh, when, you know, in Back of Twilight. But you didn't have anything else besides that. And, excuse me, and to me, to me, you had a, you missed out on a real good opportunity. There were several times I think you could have utilized a story, you know, you could have utilized 
a story better by bringing her in. Like, again, we look at the Pony of Shadows. We look at Cozy Glow. You know, you know, we look at, you know, what happened at the end of um, season six. You know, you have what happened at the end of season five. You had all these opportunities and you didn't bring her in. You didn't bring her in. And I'm not the only one that believes you should have done that. There's a lot of people that do. There's a lot of people that believe you should have gone and done that because it would have worked. People would have appreciated you in doing that. It would have worked, in my opinion. So, yeah, that was a missed opportunity. Uh, another missed opportunity, in, in my opinion, my opinion, is uh, basically not teasing possible. And I know some people are going to crap on this, Okay. But not teasing possible alicornness, um, if you will, alicornness for Starlight. You know, alicorn status. You didn't tease that. If you would have teased that, in my opinion, if you would have teased that, you know, in my opinion, I think that I think that would have been something, because you would have. I mean, you think you have people talking now, even after the animated portion. A friendship is magic is done. You think you have people talking now? You know, just imagine if you're teasing throughout, let's say, season seven and into season eight. Think about how you get people talking if you're teasing the fact that, oh, Starlight could become an alicorn because that'll complete her redemption. You had a lot of opportunities to tease that, and you never did. So, to. And excuse me, I'll be right back. Sorry about that. That was just my mom calling in, telling me where she's at before heading here. That's why I'm trying to do this as quickly as I can. Um, but yeah, you know, they had a chance to tease that and really get people talking, in, in my opinion. So that's another missed opportunity. And, you know, there's other opportunities I'm sure I can list off, but I'm sure people will list off here in the comment section on the live chat uh, to, you know, to let me know about. But, yeah, there was just a lot of opportunities, I think, that they missed out on. And, oh, they could have capitalized on, too. You know, tease, capitalized on, but they didn't do it. So, you know, maybe with G5, we might get something, but we'll see. We'll see what they do. Um, but, you know, speaking of other franchises that I'm a fan of, um, you know, speaking of other franchises I'm a fan of, you know, hello, uh, V, and hello, Patrick Johnson. Thank you all for joining. But speaking of franchises I'm a, I'm a fan of, 
You know, J- Jacob Lee here in the live chat just mentioned bonkers. And, you know, we all know, I've talked about this before. We all know about the history of bonkers and, you know, how, you know, originally it was supposed to be about him and Miranda being a part, you know, a team and stuff like that. And then, of course, the whole situation there. Uh, but to me, there was the, to me, honestly, I think they missed out on a lot of opportunities. You know, I mean, I mean, look, Bonkers probably wasn't the best, you know, show out there. Probably wasn't the most popular, but it's gained a cult following. And heck, you know, you know how I know it's gained a cult following? They brought him back for a little cameo appearance in DuckTales and the Darkwing Duck in the kind of Darkwing Duck pilot episode that they did there. So, you know, they, you know, obviously they know he's still relevant to a lot of fans. But to me, when I look at Bonkers, one of the missed opportunities, I think, was incorporating all of his friends, not just for the pilot going and gone Bonkers or the Going Bonkers movie, which was the pilot, or the mid-season finale, which was New Partners on the Block, which was also a transitional episode, which kind of explained how Bonkers went from, you know, you know, having Lucky as a partner to Miranda, which would basically help from a continuity standpoint, incorporate the already established and animated Miranda episodes that came out during the sneak peek, the spring sneak peek on Disney Channel earlier that year. But I think they obviously missed out on an opportunity to, you know, get bonkers uh, friends more involved than they were. I mean, yes, they got jitters involved at times and, and all that. But it, it, and like I said, they got them involved in the pilot movie as well as in the midseason finale. But I think they could have incorporated them more. They could have incorporated them a lot more in stories. Like there are several stories, in my opinion, to where they could have in, they could have incorporated Fawn to help out, Grumbles to reluctantly help out, Jitters maybe once or twice more, maybe who knows. But they had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. I mean, Tokyo Bonkers. Okay, maybe that doesn't need you know incorporation there. But I think I think one of the episodes they could have done, one of the, one of them they could have done. I'm trying to think. Oh, I got it! I got it. Sibling rivalry. Now you might say, "Well, that's mostly a Bonkers Miranda deal, right?" That's true. You could have done that. You could have done sibling rivalry. But you could have had Fawn there as well to help comfort, you know, Bonkers as he's going through this, you know, you know, going through this whole situation. You know, you could have had her there to comfort him or try to stand up for him or something like that. You could have done something. So, again, there was many opportunities during the Miranda episodes and even somewhat the Lucky episodes as well to where they could have incorporated the characters more so than what they were, you know, utilized with. Uh, originally so they missed opportunities there in my opinion but the biggest one in my opinion uh when it comes to missed opportunities is sonic the hedgehog and what i'm talking about is you know when you read and i'm talking mostly mostly the archie comics as well as the idw comic of the recent metal virus arc because i brought this up already and i brought this up several times but i think one of the biggest missed opportunities, excuse me, in my opinion, one of the biggest missed opportunities, in my opinion, is, you know, with Worlds Collide, 
and the metal virus art, if not a few other things. Like, for example, with Worlds Collide, which was the first Sonic Mega Man uh, crossover, which helped continuity-wise explain the soft reboot that we got in 252, or started with 252, you know, to me, they had a great opportunity. And I've t- like I said, I've talked about this before, to where they could have had Dr. Wily and Dr. Eggman, after they turn most of Sonic's friends into roboticized masters, when they're facing them, with the exception of Tails, has already been restored. When they're facing them, you could have easily had Wily and Eggman incorporate a mechanism into the robotization to where they would merge together. To, they would merge together into this big, giant, roboticized master robot that has a self-destruct on it as well. And to me, if you want to create drama and tension between new, two newly formed allies in Sonic and Mega Man, you do that. You have you know, Eggman and Wily order Sonic's roboticized friends to merge together into this big roboticized master, that will do it. That will do it because it makes things a lot more difficult, you know, for Sonic and Mega Man uh, to, you know, to uh, fight, you know, to um, go against. Because you could have dissension, like with Mega Man going like, Sonic, we have no choice. We have to do that. We have to destroy that robot. And even if it means destroying your friends, we have no choice. Oh, so it's going to blow up and take them anyway. And you could have dissension with, you know, between them, where Sonic's like, no, I'm not going to let that happen. These are my friends. I'm not going to let them die I because, you know, of this, because, you know, Eggman and Wily decide to throw in, you know, a little, uh, you know, merging merging deal or whatever. You know, I'm not going to let that happen. But, again, again, the opportunity, like I said, is there. You know, the opportunity, you know, you know, not is there, but was there. And to me, they should have capitalized on it. They should have. You know, but they didn't capitalize. You know, they didn't capitalize on it, you know, whatsoever. Instead, what did they do? They just had them go into self-destruct mode. And that's the re- and that's what caused the tension. And basically, that's what caused Sonic and Mega Man to save them in a timely manner. So <laughs> that was about it. But again, it was a missed opportunity. And I know some people are thinking, oh, that wouldn't have worked anyway. There's no way that would have worked. You know what? Maybe you're right. But I think it would have. I think it would have created more tension. I think it would have created more uh, intrigueness, if you will. A lot more drama. Because now, you know, it's like they the, the options that they have have become fewer and in between, have become a lot uh, fewer than what they are. So why not? Why not have Sonic and Mega Man kind of fight amongst each other, not physically, but argue amongst each other in an intentional dramatic way or dramatic way to, you know, grow, you know, to, you know, add to the story? Because in my opinion, it would have worked. It really would have worked. Now, as far as the Metal Virus saga goes, again, I stick by what I said about that. I believe they, again, if they would have gone a similar route there, it would have worked too. I mean, think about it. You have Zavix and the Deadly Six now in control of the uh, of the Zombot Mobians, you know, like Tangle and 
Vanilla, most of the Chaotics, you know, if you will, Shadow, you know. So why not take that opportunity to be like, you know what? We, you know, we're not gonna, you know, what, what I'm trying to say is, why not take an opportunity like that and have the Deadly Six go like, you know, or send a, have the Deadly Six send out a mental command to the Zombot affected Mobians to merge into this big zombified robot, uh, in this big Zombot robot, if you will, basically let uh, the gunk that's already coated them and zombified them to coat them even more. In other words, go over them, you know, cover their face, you know cover the arms basically envelop the entire body and then basically merge together into this big zombified uh robot um you know zombot that sonic has to fight sonic and silver you know have to fight and and in my opinion i think you know that would have made the story a lot more interesting and a lot more intriguing and, I, and again i know i understand folks are like no, nah, that wouldn't have worked. That's too, it makes it too cluttered, too unnecessary. Da, 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 da. I get that. You have a right to your opinion. You're probably right. But think about how more dramatic and tension filled that would be if now to save them, they ha- again, the options are lessened, you know, as they are, you know, than they already are, I should say. You know, why not, you know, go that route? Why not do it? You could have still had the same ending and for maybe comedic effect after, you know, you take the gunk off of the uh, the, the infected Mobians, the infected characters, you have them all standing like this and like for comedic effect, all of a sudden you have this tower of characters go like, huh? What? 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 You know, just fall back going like, oh, and they're rubbing their head going like, oh, what hit me? Oh, oh, what happened? You know, I'm just saying, I think it would have worked. I think it could have worked, but again, that's just my opinion. It's just my opinion on it. You know, like I said, I, I know some people again would probably feel it made it made it too clutter, would have made it too, you know, unnecessary, you know, made the story too long, you know, longer than what it is. But to me, I I think honestly it could have worked. I really do. I think, you know, honestly. You know, it could have worked. Um, I think, um, in a sense, you know, it could have um, made the story more interesting, more intriguing, um, if you will. But, you know, that's just my opinion. You know, that's just my opinion. My opinion, I should say. Because, again, you know, you're in a, from a story perspective, you're limiting uh, the options that the, the heroes have. You're limiting the options, you know, the heroes have. So why not go, you know, that route? Why not try going uh, that route and seeing what happens? You know, why not go that route and see what happens? And, and you know, it, it, and basically that, and basically you could decide whether or not that that, you know, is enough for you uh, to to probably uh, um, can, uh, consider doing a sequel, and do I like the Archie Sonic comics? Uh, do I like Archie comics? Well, I like the Sonic comics, and some of the Archie ones are good too. Uh, but again, again, getting back on point, I think they, I think it would have worked. 
I, I think honestly it would have worked because the story, in my opinion, you know, has um, the ability or had the ability, in my opinion, to be good. Good, you know, not be so repetitive. And by doing something like that, going that route, in my opinion, folks, would have really changed things up, would have changed things up for the better, in my opinion. But, yeah, I think they missed a major opportunity there, just like, again, with the whole, you know, um, Worlds Collide situation with, you know, most of Sonic's friends being roboticized masters and what they could have done there. Another option I think they missed out on is giving, you know, at least for one moment, because they gave it to Nicole as Overclock Nicole in Spark of Life, which was a Sonic Universe uh, story about her origin, mostly about her origin. You could have gave Sally and Bunny and maybe the rest of the Freedom Fighters super modes for those stories. Especially if you're going to try to make them more game-like or incorporate them more into a game setting. You had the opportunity, in my opinion, to give them those super forms, especially during certain situations. Heck, you could have gone with Amy, too. You could have gave Amy a super form, too. So that's another missed opportunity. And there's a lot of moments, like Panic in the Sky. You could have at least given them a little bit of super forms, you know, so they can do a lot more damage. You could have done that. Um, you could have, you know, gave Sally a super form to go along with Nicole's in Spark of Life. I'm just saying. You had numerous opportunities, and you didn't take them. And hopefully now, with IDW and Evan, Stan and Evan Stanley doing the writing, maybe she'll give Amy Rose, maybe she'll give Tangle, maybe she'll give Whisper super modes or special modes, if you will, um, abilities, you know, if you will, from a supersonic standpoint uh, in the story down the line. Maybe they'll do it with Bell. Who knows? Um but yeah, to me, that was a missed opportunity too. So honestly, you know, if they would have, in my opinion, would have gone, you know, and uh, worked, you know, worked with these things, if they would have gone and, you know, made these things a reality, in my opinion, I think they would have, I think it would have worked. I think honestly, it would have worked. And I think people would be cool with it. You know, I don't think they would have judged or anything. In fact, looking back on it, I think they would have appreciated you know, you know, these uh, additions put in there. So that's, that's really all I can say um, on that. But again, with the, with the IDW book and the Archie book and those two stories I mentioned, missed out on huge opportunities. They really missed out. They really missed out on huge opportunities. So hopefully with IDW and the fans, especially like with Archie Sonic online and, and all that, hopefully, you know, a lot of these opportunities that get missed out on will be capitalized uh, in the future that I, you know, that I talked about here in this live stream. But anyway, though, guys, that's going to do it for this uh, live stream. I know it wasn't long as usually, let's say, a topic on my mind video is. Uh, let's see. Well, I like the Lion King, too. Don't worry about that. But like I said, that's going to do it, guys, because, you know, I got to get things cleaned up before my mom gets home. You know, when you live, like I said, when you live with family, parents or something like that, you got to, you know, respect their wishes and you basically got to make sure everything's in order, if you will, before, uh, you know, unless you don't want them to say anything. Uh, but like I said, that's all I'm going to say guys in this live stream. Thank you all for joining me in the live chat. Uh, really appreciate it. Um, uh, 
And it looks like we have a Sally Nicole shipper. And that's not a problem. You want to go with Sally Nicole as a, as a couple? I'm, I'm cool with that. Uh, if I was to have one more missed opportunity, I would say that if Ian Flynn was serious about that, not joking around, you should have at least had them kiss on the kiss on the le- uh, lips, if you will, uh, during a spark of life. At least, you know, do that. Like, it's a surprise deal. Like, when Sally's hugging her, she gives her a kiss on the lips just out of, you know, you know, um, uh, you know, out of nowhere, just out of like being in the, you know, out of, uh, out of nowhere. Like, you know, she's just so in the moment that she just, you know, lets loose and that, and she does that. So, um, you know, that's a that you could look at that as a missed opportunity too. But like I said, that's all I'm going to say, go guys. Let me know what your thoughts are down below in the comments section uh, as you watch this live stream. And again, thank you to those that joined me in the live chat Jacob Lee, V, Patrick Johnson. And Vienna Gaday. I can't tell if I pronounced that name wrong. But thank you guys for joining me. Really appreciate it. Um, stay tuned. Maybe, hopefully, nothing screws up here and this goes on as a good a plan. Maybe I'll do a topics on my mind live stream tomorrow and give you my thoughts on various topics uh, that have been going on uh, throughout uh, the, the week and everything. So let me know what your thoughts are though, all down below. Comment if you like. I'd love to hear from each and every one of you, like I said. And that's about it, guys. So till then, God bless. Stay safe. Um, get vaccinated if you get the opportunity to. Um, I'm not sure if I will. I probably will. But like I said, stay safe. You know, stay safe. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for supporting the channel. Uh, check out my um, podcast at various podcast locations called B.W. Rosa's Discussions. Um, you'll probably hear this in podcast format when I get the opportunity to do that. But again, thank you all for watching. And until next time, God bless, take care, stay safe, and I'm out.